Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 247 of the Sausage Factory. Almost hitting the 250 mark, but not quite. With this episode, we are talking to Bodon Sayer of Flight School Studio to chat about their pinball-inspired action-adventure game, Creature in the Well. Really going to want to listen to this one. It's fascinating. But before we delve into that, and yes, I did use that pun deliberately, we're going to talk about what else is under Kainerince's overwhelmingly large umbrella. First we have Kainerince on Mondays. This week they're talking about DJ Hero. Remember that? A little like, you know, sort of special controller for it. And it was, it was great. I was rubbish at it, but it was fantastic. Made you feel like a, well, DJ Hero. Right. Anyway, so yeah, do have a listen to that. Of course you will on Mondays. On Wednesdays, we have Sound of Play, the podcast that celebrates the scores, that's the musical scores, of video games. Check it out, it's awesome. There's a mixture between um, a vast sort of like selection of titles from a particular year, or interviews with composers, or indeed just a, a selection of sounds and music taken from the audience, normally drawn from the forums. More bachelors later. Then we have Playwright on Thursdays. Two people called Ryan invent games based on the ideas sent to them by the listeners. It is excellent. Do have a listen. And of course on Fridays it's the Sausage Factory. But you already knew that because you're listening to this now. So I won't dwell on that. You also know what it's about because you're about to hear me chat to Bodon about in the well well that's not every episode that would be weird but anyway if you want to know more about those podcasts and the ones you listen to now then you can pop along to canorince.com where there are not only archives of every podcast that are under canorince's vast umbrella as I mentioned earlier but also blogs videos all sorts of things so do check it out and also there's a there's a forum there yeah I know forum lively forum of people chatting away Talking about video games and other things to boot. We also have a Twitch stream. Pop along to twitch.tv forward slash cane and rinse and uh, follow the channel. And we'll be entertaining you with various games, sometimes drawn from what cane and rinse has played, sometimes not. It's just kind of random, really. But we're just celebrating games as we always do over here at cane and rinse. So, yeah. Have a, have a gander, follow the channel, support it, that kind of thing. We, we're giving this stuff for you for free. However, there is stuff that we don't give away for free, I'm afraid, because, you know, effort, reward, that kind of thing. Patreon. We have a Patreon page. If you go to www.patreon.com forward slash rinse, you'll see our Cane and Rinse page. There, you'll see a single tier. That's it. Not a tier as in... T-E-A-R, but a T-I-E-R. That would be, you know, more appropriate. And a single tier is one US dollar a month. That's right, just one US dollar a month. Grants you access to additional funky content. 
or maybe not funky, but sometimes it is. Depends on its nature. The additional content is typically, well, extended editions of Cane and Rinse, which you get one week early. Huzzah! Yes. And also, um, it's extended because it's longer than the two hours that the show is normally limited to. Then we have platform specials. We've done many. We've done one on Mega Drive. We've done on Game Boy, Amiga. And we've got one coming up on the Dreamcast. If you want to access those outside the three-month period that they are sat in behind the paywall, then you have to subscribe to Patreon. And finally, there's a monthly podcast which is released exclusively on Patreon. It's never released publicly. Uh, and that's hosted by Jay and Leon, the founders of Kane and Rinse. So, yes, you want to chuck in some money by doing that, you can. Also, you can use PayPal as well if you'd rather not get involved with Patreon, which, you know, we can understand. Some people have issues with that, and that's fine. So enough about all of that. Shall we talk to Bodon about this extraordinary game that is Creature in the Well? Let's do that. Um, Chris, from, you know, from the past, could you, um, could you do the honours and introduce Bodon for me, please? That'd be great. Bodon! Hello. <laughs> Who are you, and what do you do? My name is Bowden Sayer, and I'm a game developer. I um, I most recently worked on a product called Creature in the Well, um, and it's a small team, so we like to say that we're very much generalists who have to wear a lot of hats, and that definitely applies to me. I actually have kind of a background in film and animation. I went to school for 3D art and animation and i got into programming just because i was interested in like making tools and things to make my job faster and more efficiently and then uh eventually got into game development so it's so a means to an end and you kind of like coding is which is what we regard in this show is yeah. coding is vital and i know how to do it but it's not something we talk about in the show because it doesn't really quite lend itself to great listening sure. um but yeah, exactly um... <laughs> there's a lot of details <laughs> yeah um but um <laughs> It's gone almost preempted, and it's not unusual for guests to do this. Preempt um, my follow-on question, which is a natural one, as you, you may sort of sympathise with: is how did you make your start making video games? So you already hinted at, maybe yeah. you made. Do you want to expand on that, please? I'll try to do the short version. So <laughs> I've always kind of been involved in computer technology as it relates to art. Like I've always kind of used computers in some form or fashion to create art. In high school, I was just like, I spent most of my time just drawing. I was a traditional artist. And when I discovered computers, like my dad showing me Photoshop or like tools like that, I was like, oh my God, I could like the things you could do to create art using technology is really cool. So I've always kind of held on to both sides almost equally. Like, you know, everything I do technologically kind of relates to art. And I just followed that path in kind of a weird way. I went to school because I had discovered that like 3D programs existed, like Maya like and Lightwave at the time, actually. Um, and then I got into animation. So I was learning how to basically make, you know, Pixar, Disney movies, that type of thing. Um, I'd always played games. Like I'm a huge like game fan. And our, we actually had like a Commodore 64 and an Atari back in the day. My dad was like into that stuff. Um, and I grew up playing like Zelda and Nintendo games, love them, love everything about it. But for some reason, I never like clicked at like, oh, I could make video games. I was just like, cool, video games are something you play. And on the side, I'm going to be making films. <laughs> and then eventually I got to the studio where like the opportunity came up. And we're like, hey, we've we've been doing some like, you know, linear content, some film stuff. But there's this opportunity to start making things that are interactive. And I was like, yeah, I'll take that. Let's do it. So we started making like I, I started making children's book apps and like you know lightly interactive experiences i guess you'd say a lot of a lot of mobile games that was at a studio called moonbot studios which is actually in louisiana okay and then from there we just kept i just kept pushing more and more on like i want to get into more traditional gaming so long story short i ended up just you know inching my way closer and closer to the traditional gaming industry and i feel like we're just now i'm just now getting into it for real wow that's quite a story, <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, uh, I've got some grey hairs, my friend. So, the, yeah. <laughs> the fact that you got Commodore sixty four, um, because I'm British, I had a Spectrum. But again, okay, okay. Americans now know what that is. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, which is lovely. Thanks to I think Rare when they did their Rare collection. Like, oh look, yes. Jetpack. Yeah. 
that game's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's also 40 years old. Right. <laughs> My first gaming memories were like MS or like Windows DOS, like yeah. Scorched Earth. And oh. I played a lot of Transport Tycoon Deluxe. I loved that game. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. And then who knew that it would turn into worms? Anyway, exactly. yeah, that's best scorched earth, by the way, not, not, not the other one. Uh, but yeah, tycoon, yeah, tycoon games, they're amazing, they're everywhere, weren't they? Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's quite interesting how PC game got entrenched in really heavy maths, sort of, yeah, lots of numbers, man. Num- yeah. numbers, yeah, and then and, and it was like that for years until the 90s when it went just to shoot stuff, <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's just kill though, let's just. Blow everything up. That's bad. Let's start killing. Yeah, let's just blow everything up. Okay, what what kind of things? I don't know. Anything. Aliens. Big demons. Demons. (laughs) Demons on Mars. Good idea. We'll go with that. Make it gory, though. Yeah, make it gory. And then (laughs) let's let's make a really weird sort of space sim game, which actually has a bad sort of combat sim thing, but people love it because it looks awesome. What? (laughs) Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And no, not the Star Wars game. That was really good. It's the other thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Wing Commander. Anyway, <laughs> yep. but yeah, X Wing, yay, Wing yay. Commander, yeah, 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 it's all right. But when you play it now, it has not aged well. Yep. yep. So clearly, as a creative endeavour, which is what Flight School Studio is, yes. Um, what do you believe are your biggest influences? Gosh, good yeah. Question. Flight school is kind of interesting because, you know, part of this is uh, kind of the motivation for where the name of the company came about. And I was uh, I was part of the company when it first was created a couple of years ago. It was kind of a merger between an existing team that was doing a lot of like VR and emerging tech work. And that company I had mentioned before, Moonbot Studios, which was very much about like coming up with our own IP and like new stories and characters. And it was all it was very much like art and create creative and story focused um and the goal with flight school was to like explore uncharted territory it was to just like you know fly into the unknown and learn about things that we don't know about you know the, the school aspect of it to me is about like we're gonna we're learning ourselves we don't claim to know everything about what we're doing here uh, so i feel like there's this like you know through line of experimentation and curiosity in a lot of our work and that probably comes through and <laughs> in our most recent thing because it's just weird and it's out there in a lot of ways you know what i mean so it's hard to like find a lot of references i think a lot of the time when when you're just trying to figure out what doesn't exist i honestly feel like i reference too many things or i'm just referencing all of the stuff a lot of time because i'm trying to figure out you know what's not in the zeitgeist like what aren't we seeing i want to fill that like gap that i feel when i've played 100 games i feel like there's just something missing like there's a mood or there's a behavior there's like some specific visual that i just feel like it would be cool to see that i haven't seen yet you know what i mean it's like trying to fill in the gaps on everything that's out there in a lot of ways i, I play games that are you know pretty much across the entire gamut of like video games that are out there i'm a huge dark souls fan and i also love you know just like hanging out in minecraft or like i've been playing dragon quest builder recently which i'm really into <laughs> I just play like everything I can, I guess, in some way, and I feel like it all has a small amount of inspiration in, in the products we make. Yeah, I've there's a lot to unpack there, but basically, <laughs> what you like to say is that you delve into spaces or go to exploring spaces that others who go, well, where are you going? Like, I'm going down there. Exactly. No, don't don't do that. Why? Because well, no one does that. Exactly. Okay. Well, I'm going to go down there. No. That's- <laughs> At okay. some point along the way, I feel like we got like super ambitious, and <laughs> nobody was telling us not to. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, we're gonna try this thing, and like in hindsight, you look back and you're like, why were we trying to do that? It's like way difficult, or like, you know, it was super risky or whatever. But I feel like there's fun in that. There's fun in like trying something super out there and then trying to rein it in and find out like where does that land and where does that position itself? Yeah, I mean, didn't do Hello Games any harm. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> Huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, eventually they made you know one man, you know, no man's one man's guy, no man's guy, no but because uh, Hello Games made that, and uh, they they you know they did the thing, they're like, oh, we'll do things, cool. yeah, but then 
he came out and the oh god we promised the earth and gave them a pebble and that was just a marketing issue totally (laughs) it was but eventually now the game has been rebooted five times and uh you know and a lot of my friends play it now and they're like man it's super cool because the multiplayer and stuff i guess yeah they're really into it It it's just great and it's just i do say to people you know maybe we should just have their no Man's Sky on the Game of the Year list every yeah. year. <laughs> Why? Because they keep on, on rebooting version it. Two, version yeah. three. It's a very different game. You're right. It's like they're changing the entire you know yeah, you ecosystem. Can't, you can't judge it on its merits when it first came out. Look it's at a it moving now. target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, that didn't go down too well. Anyway, because we're you know we're at that time of the year where Kane and Rince are actually considering doing that. We're talking through our games of the year. Uh, and I'm happy to say that Creature in the World is in the running. Oh, excellent. Uh, it's going to be mentioned, if, if it kills me, uh, really? because it needs to be. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. So I think you answered that exceptionally well. And also, you hinted at you know the fact you play all of the games. I've given up. Given up trying to understand the tastes of people who in video games. I think I told this story yeah. before. So, but basically, I encountered someone who loves Twitch games, and then turns out their biggest biggest genre they love is turn based strategy squad games. Like, sure, yeah. What? But yeah. you're like this champion Ghosts and Goblins player. Yeah, I know, but XCOM. Yeah. That's where it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, don't, I can't. I don't know. There's something about that. Like, I'll yeah. be like deep into Rocket. I've put like hundreds of hours into Rocket League. And then I'll be like, I feel like playing Planet Coaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to build some coasters for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just and it just like I gave up. Just give up. It's just like it's, uh, people just like games. It's just like music yeah. for to a point. To yeah. a point. Just, I'm always looking for something to fill a specific mood or vibe. You know, it's yeah. like sometimes you just want a, a different thing. And games are are interesting in that way, just because they do create like a wide gamut of experiences. Sometimes they're like really intense and active, and you're like working hard at them. Um, and sometimes they're way like very zen and relaxing. Like I remember playing Gris or Gris or whatever it's called. Gris, 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 yeah. and uh, I just remember like zenning out so hard, and it was really relaxing. Yeah, it's odd. I feel the same way about my friend Pedro, which is a game shouldn't be relaxing and zoning out on, but yeah, I just find myself doing that because it's just ridiculous. I mean, your main compatriot in the game is a sentient banana. Yeah, <laughs> yep. which yeah. It is explained later, but I'm not going to reveal. Yeah. But it's, you know... <laughs> it's, yeah, I know what you uh, mean, though. Uh, and for me, when you say Greece, uh, uh, for that, that... I remember at PAX... I think it was PAX West last year. Those Both games were being demoed in the same booth. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. one, one side was this beautiful... Wonderful. They're the same game. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's like, it's the same game. You know, it's, once this violent sort of like strange thing of banana floating around, but no, same experience for me. Yeah. But yes, yeah. now next question. This one is even tougher than the last one. So brace yourself. Uh-oh. What developer do you most admire in the industry, and why? Ooh, good question. <clears throat> um, I feel like maybe Super Giant. We've been following them, and we like really love what they put out. Everything that they do is beautiful, and we actually like reference their like team structure because we've tried to figure out like how they work as a team, you know, as, as a small crew. And I feel like they do experiment a lot. Like they've created some like really interesting and new forms of play. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, the latest effort, Hades, is exceptional. Um, yeah, I played it at PAX West for the first time. I didn't I know played that- it. And it's a roguelike, which you may go, may some some may bristle, but I always, sure. I always retort with dead cells. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's a good yeah. When they exactly. when you pull it when you pull it off right, it's like oh yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, but yeah, it's super giant all over again, you know. And they just uh, really, yeah, they do really interesting and unique art styles. I don't know, they just explore a lot in really interesting ways. Yeah, and they have. They're like a band, you yeah. know. They have a a thing. They got oh, yeah. this is this is our next album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's amazing that they've been going almost ten years over Super ten years. Super giant now. records. Yeah. Super giant records. Yeah. They got you know it's been going for ten years now. They just make these awesome. stuff. That's and cool. that's a really they've been on the show. Uh, they spoke about uh, Transistor. Oh, nice. Many years ago, but um, well, we're having them back on to talk about Hades. Just trying to sort our diaries out. You know what it's like. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, because uh, Avin will be coming back on soon. 
yeah. to talk about Hades because it's Again, in like really good mood and stuff like Transistor and we reference that and like Hyperlight Drifter for our game just because like really good mood and vibe and that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm drawn to almost first and foremost it's like what's the what's the vibe going to be like when I get into this that's interesting because when I was sitting in and playing for the first time at PAX West and then when I got home and um, started playing it it was like yeah, you're right. I never really cottoned on to that. So yeah. <laughs> nicely, subtly done. But now you point it out, that's why I like this game. <laughs> because you've basically emulated two of the most iconic games of recent, well, yeah. uh, the stu- developers and studios of recent years. And um, I think I love the fact that Hyperlight Drifted, a developer, went, it's too hard, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Here's, here's this, this, this. Fix this. And... You know, that can't happen because um, yes. developers do get too close to the coalface. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And you just can't, you just can't see it. It's the one thing we say always to ourselves. We're like, yeah, we're too close. We can't judge this. But you still do it. Like, all the time, <laughs> you're yeah. nonstop judging it and trying to, like, evaluate it. Yeah. So it's really, it's, that's definitely one of the trickier things, right? Mm. And we're going to draw on that and Creature in the World when we, we chat about that. But, uh for me, again, I've got my grey hairs going, so my hand-to-eye coordination isn't what it once was. Fair. So, um, I have platformers or puzzle platformers and stuff like that. I struggle with because I know what to do. Yeah. Uh, you know. Pulling it off like Celeste and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just like... Yeah. It's, like it's my, technical. Yeah, my, my thumb's going... I'm sitting there with the thumbs, resting on the button. Can you press the button? What button? Yeah. The one you're resting on. This one? Yeah. yeah. Can you do it now? What now? Just, <laughs> this is my conversation right to my brain. What now? Are you again, sure? What, what do you want me to do again? Press the button. Which button? Which button? Oh, God. It's like... Yes. <laughs> so that, first try. That's it. And then eventually, this one. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Thanks. I feel you. Yeah, it's just what happens, you know, and that's why... I find I get through a lot of those tough technical games with just, like muscle memory yeah. i i played yeah. a piano growing up and so i love things that involve like muscle memory because i feel mm. like like piano when you learn a song you just start like executing it and if you think about it too hard you'll actually like fumble and then mess up and you're like oh wait stop thinking about it just like let your hands just or whatever let, yeah do the thing so go. i feel like yeah trials games like celeste and towerfall i was really into towerfall trials mm. or they just feel very much like you're just performing a a little short you know chord or like cadence or something that you just get used to yeah yeah it's... and then you go insane once you've done it too many times and you're like my hands won't stop doing this motion it's the, for me well when you dive into a massive game this is there's similar to this like big massive epic sort of red dead redemption 2 kind yeah. of thing and you know that well, once you start playing it you really can't play anything else for a bit yeah because if you drop it and then come back to it two weeks later or something you're why have I got that rabbit skin? Yes. Yeah. What's why have I? Why am I going there for? What is this for? What? You can't remember the lexicon. That's yeah. the Phrase is gone. You've lost the, all the language that you knew from the game. Exactly. You just forget everything. So when I'm diving into RPGs and stuff like, like Horizon Zero Dawn, like that I was, was going to bring that up. Yeah, that's a game. Horizon, Horizon, like for some reason, it's just like you pick it back up and you're like, oh, I don't, everything's there. Like I can kind of remember what I was doing. I feel like it's their UI or yeah. like a lot of things that just make it easier to pick back up. Yeah, it's it's that's the exception to the rule. It really but, is. You know, but there are other games that you just like, oh, just you know, or you know, Divinity Two. You know, that, that those games is like, <laughs> oh, you just got, you know, <laughs> Path yep. of Exile and stuff. It's just like, oh, it's got. <laughs> That's it. You can't. It's difficult to drop, but yep. you know games like Slay the Spire and indeed Creature in the Well. Um, they they ones you can actually nip into for a little bit and come back to and go. Oh, I was here, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, we tried works. to we tried to remove a lot of the like memory challenges. I find mm-hmm. there's a lot of games nowadays where like part of the challenge of the game is just like remembering where you've been or like what are you up to or like where yeah. you haven't been and things like that. And I'm fine. I'm like less and less interested in that specific challenge. So we yeah. tried to make sure that like, you know, we're still like not telling you everything, which is kind of that Dark Souls aspect of just like there's exploration there. But hopefully, like if you find something, we record it well enough so that you don't have to, you know, work hard to remember where you've been. No, I think the map is exceptional. 
I think Great. it's really the the iconography you've got in in, in the map and the creature in the well is is just so good. Uh, and we tried to yeah, we tried to use that map as well to like make sure that it was easy enough to find everything in the game. Like if mm. you go through a dungeon and you miss some stuff, yeah, we wanted to make sure that like you could go back and find it. That there is yeah. a way to like look at the map and be like, oh, I haven't gone down that branch or that room is not completed or something like that. Yeah, and uh, I have found that. Um, well, I do love. I mean, I don't refer to the map too much because I like discovering stuff. Oh, sure. What's that? That that looks like I can go down there. Oh, I'll just pop down there. See what's down there. Oh god! Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's wonderful. But yeah, we we see we're running ahead of ourselves. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but uh, we've got one more question in the first half, and then then we will we'll delve into creature in the well. No pun intended. Oh, that's good. I know. Yeah, sorry. Um, so we're a video game podcast, so I'm legally obliged to ask this question: What are you playing right now? What I'm playing right now. I just finished Control, <gasps> which I absolutely loved. Actually, yes, come on, I really it, loved it. Did did is it a Platinum Games game on but going crazy? Who, who uh, you're saying who did it? Remedy. Yeah, it's Remedy, wasn't it? Yeah. What was yeah. Oh, it's another game. They did like yeah. Quantum Break and. Uh, yeah, kind of come out Max, of nowhere, Max didn't Bain, it? Pain, right? Yeah. What's up? The control came come out of nowhere. Kind of. I didn't. I didn't know anything. I about was following it. it for a little bit just because, right. like, I was really into the like their key art, the upside down triangle, you know, they had like a couple oh, of graphics yeah. that I saw early on. I was like, Ooh, what is that? So yeah. like, I followed it a little bit, but I, it did like, I didn't know when the release date was and like, we're coming out now. And I was like, Oh, cool. So nice. I picked it up like week of, and just like went through it in like two or three sittings, which was, it was really fun. It's very much like, it's very cinematic, right? Their games are very like story and cinematic. And I felt like it was kind of, more I, I wanted to compare it to like annihilation and inception you know like these yeah, yeah, awesome yeah. movies with like great mood more than i did like another game you know it was actually mm. also reminding me a lot of inside um, oh right yeah it's taking all the boxes right now yeah it's really good yeah yeah i did get a pin from i mean one of the things that happen at uh, pax is i often get a message go are you at pax yeah. Yes. What do you want? <laughs> what what can bit of ta- a... can you get me the? So they they asked for a, the um, uh, Monster Hunter World um, yes. pin because yeah. they were doing. So I was like, okay, fine. What's the other thing? Is it all control? <sighs> fine. So you know, I mean, of course you do that, don't you? Because they, you know, not everyone can get exactly. there. And you yeah. go, okay. And then was, yeah, the Monster Hunter thing wasn't a problem. I'm media, so I could get in early anyway. And I just I wanted to play it there anyway. I didn't know they were giving pins out because I don't really care about pins. Um, but uh, and it's just like okay, oh, okay. And then I finished the demo, which is lovely, by the way. It was more Monster Hunter, normal stuff. You know, I've been playing it since PS2 days, so that's fine. I went, oh, yep. okay. Here's the pin. Thank you. And I sort of took a photo of it and sent it to her. But um, also the the control pin. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. You're right. The iconography oh. is is yeah. It's it's there. So I need to have a go yeah try it i was actually reminded of the game right before release because at gamescom we were positioned in the business center we were having like publisher or like press interviews yes and everybody kept coming up to our booth saying like is this 505 i'm here to see control and we're like no sorry (laughs) that's down the hallway bloody hell i was like man i gotta go see control (laughs) yeah But uh, the one thing I do like about Gamescom is the fact that it's split into two. You know, you got the yeah, Disney yeah. Center and then... You have this like safety zone. You're yes, like, quick into yeah. the safe zone. Yeah, <laughs> the zombies are going to get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The center is safe. Yeah, it is safe. Totally. They, they won't let good. you in. They won't let them in. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, they just don't go in. They just it's really cool. You walk past the checkpoint. And they don't yeah. stop you. Yeah, I just never forget the walkways, and you can look down and like insane. This is just just so many. People. Yeah, couldn't believe it. Yeah, selling these massive pretzels. I There's just... like 11 halls that are all like the size of E3. It's massive. Yeah, yeah. People just don't know. Just don't know. Uh, and the city's lovely as well. Cologne yeah. is lovely. Lovely. The food's amazing. The anyway. is insane. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which we kind of bombed. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate. Um, but there it is. Things happen. Yep. So... Anything else before we move on to the second half that you've played recently you want to chat about? Um, I've been playing a little bit of uh, The Last Remnant, is that what it's called? Something from Yes. Which is like a Dark Souls shooter they pitch it as. Okay. 
Um, have you seen that or heard of it? Yes. Last Remnant. Sorry, not yes. Last Remnant. I've got it called... wrong. No. It's remnant uh, from yeah. the Ashes. Sorry, just oh, Remnant. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> That's Remnant's yeah. Game. yeah, probably Remnant sub... from the Ashes. Yeah, yeah it's pretty yeah. much just like Dark Souls shooter. Okay. Um, and I was like, okay, how's this going to work? Like, it's all ranged and stuff like that. But it's like really pretty. And I've been playing it too because it's made in Unreal. And I like to study Unreal games because we use Unreal. Okay. Uh, so I just like to see like what people try to do and like you know what kind of cool effects or like environmental mm. features or things like that. So it's just right. like fun to explore games like that. Mm. Um, okay. But that one's been pretty cool. Oh, all right. That's good. Pro tip. Excellent. I know there's one called uh, come out on the Switch. Um, I think yesterday called Blasphemous. Blasphemous. I played. Yeah, I played that at, um, at PAX West as well, and that's uh, uh, published by T Seventeen. And uh, okay. yeah, yeah. It's very. It's got this plaid chap is wearing his big pointy hat. And, yep. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's very good. I liked it. And it's very, kind of like Salt and Sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Who we've also had on the show. So oh, nice. Lovely people. A lot of time for them. So, well, there you go. A little selection of games there for everyone. Let's move on to the second half of the show where we. I would say I was going to say delve deep. That's what I normally say. Yeah, don't you have like a bunch of these written down ahead of time? You would think, wouldn't you? But it's just like it's my catchphrase now for let's just say we're gonna talk a lot about creature in the world. There you go. <laughs> Bowden, please tell us, what is Creature in the Well? Absolutely. Creature in the Well is a top-down action-adventure pinball hack-and-slash mashup, we call it. Um, it looks a lot like a Zelda game, you know, top-down, you simple controls, you move around a character, you're swinging a sword, but instead of, like, hacking up enemies, you're actually, like, bouncing this ball around a room in a way that's, like, very similar to Breakout or Pinball or in a lot of ways, we reference other ball games like Pong and air hockey and things like that. Um, and you use this ball to like power up this old temple machine. Uh, the story of the game is that you play inside of this town in the middle of the desert called Mirage, and it's been trapped by the sandstorm for hundreds of years. So no one can leave the town and no one can enter the town. And the people who are in the town have no idea that there's anything else out there in the world. Generations have passed since the sandstorm has come. And um, you're kind of a robot that was created with this machine in the mountain that was designed to control the weather and hopefully stop the sandstorm. So that's your goal. You're trying to restore power to this ancient facility that was built hundreds of years ago but never finished. And the reason it was never finished is that when they dug into the mountain to build the machine, they dug a little too deep and unearthed this creature in the depths, kind of like a Belrog. And it sabotaged the whole thing. Destroyed all the other robots like you. Prevented the thing from ever being turned on and, and kind of trapped everyone. He does, or say he. We call it it, the creature. It does have issues. It definitely the creature needs, does have issues. <laughs> it, it, it needs a hug. I think, yes. not, I think more than just a hug, though. A little bit. A little the creature, bit. The creature's relation to you is 
relationship to you is very interesting and complicated. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the writing. Thumbs up. Cause Great. It just made me chuckle. Because he, <laughs> he is the... Ma- sorry, it is the master of passive-aggressive. It's... Just- <laughs> it's everything they yeah. do is eventually then eventually it manifests of into absolute aggression like, yeah. okay fine yeah, you've totally. gone you've gone too far now that's that, that's it that no no what you, oh now you've done this oh that's it you're gonna get it now and it's just it's just so 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 well done you just yep. great <sighs> oh, adam will be happy adam did most of the writing on the game and then i just critique him heavily and say like no this line is dumb <laughs> like, yeah, Gosh. it's just the, the, the trick. The trick I think I hope you anchored around was dry as the freaking sand that's blowing around the town. Uh, humor like has to, has to be as dry has to be. Yeah. the humor has to reflect the environment the player exactly. is in. We didn't want you it know? to be without comedy, but like, yeah, it had to fit. And we, the creature is an interesting character because it didn't start. We didn't like have the creature as the main antagonist when we first developing it. It was actually just like an NPC in town that you could talk to. Um, but once we developed it as the villain, we're like, we need to be able to like talk to the creature directly. Cause I love, I love IP and stories where the villain and the like, you know, hero or whoever are like indirect content. Cause just spending time with the villain makes a better villain when you like, don't see them all the time or they're just like, somebody you meet in a boss fight and never see again until another boss fight, you're not like developing the character and you don't get to know them. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it just made perfect yeah. sense to be like, let's have it confront you directly and just tell you very plain and simply, like, I don't want you here. Yeah. And Could things you like, I'm going to wait off? until you give up. Yeah. <laughs> you're going exactly. to leave. I'll just yeah. wait. You'll get and we're like, bored. Should we do that in a video game that's like kind of hard? Are people going to be like really pissed? Like, fine, I'll leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's very, very well done. But like I said, the humour. So, but let's, so we've talked a little bit about the mechanics of the game. We talked about the the setting and and we're going to delve a little bit more on that. Again, more more puns. It can't stop. I'm just going to not use the the D word. Um, (laughs) So, precision and timing are way more important than I originally understood when I started playing Creature in the Well. Totally. What have you done to communicate <laughs> this to the player? Yeah, yeah. Good question. It's interesting because, like, um, I always every time somebody brings it up, I start thinking about like how it originated or how we got there. The prototype that we had uh, was so chaotic. We we're like, oh, we want to make like I think when we first started the prototype, we were like, oh, we want to make like Zelda air hockey or like kind of. We just had this idea that you're just hitting the ball like you'd only have what's currently in the game the strike tool you know we had no concept of like catching the ball or anything like that at the time and it was very difficult we had only one ball and so i was trying to play up this idea that like in rocket league or other ball bouncing games you had to predict where the ball is going to be and try to get there and make sure you intercept it and then reroute it at the right angle and do all these things but like rocket league it was maddeningly difficult right and you're just like okay this is insane and like really hard. And so we just started, you know, on this continuous iteration path for months, actually, where we just started to try to give the player more and more power and control and ways to like handle the situation. So that's how we kind of introduced the idea that there's this other tool you use called a charge tool where you can just hold it down. You just hold down this button and you'll start swinging crazy and you'll catch any ball that comes near you and you'll start to charge it up. And while you're holding it down, you can like aim and do what you need to do and that like kind of there's a little bit of a nuance to that mechanic that developed you know halfway through the production and we actually kind of made it better based on feedback when we first announced and played the game at gdc because people you know were playing it for the first time and we had no idea if anyone's going to even pick it up at all because we're like this is weird we know that it's weird we don't know if people are going to understand or like get into the groove that we have been you know, that we have in our minds as the developers, you know, we know how we want to play it, but does the game tell people automatically how it should be played? You know, those were the questions we had at the time. And we got good feedback at GDC based on that stuff. And for the most part, it was playing as expected. Like people were figuring it out. And so we're like, okay, cool. So honestly, I feel like some of the, some of the teaching the player how it should control just kind of was accidental, just kind of like evolutionary out of what happened. And then a lot of it was based on, 
feedback that people gave us. So we adjusted, making sure the aiming reticles like became a little bit more clear, adding items that, you know, accentuated aiming like the dual blades, uh, with, which has that like laser line and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just been this like very interesting and strange process kind of, you know, going back to what we first said when we started this whole thing, just that when you're exploring something that you really don't have a lot of reference for, you just kind of have to try stuff and, you know, stick with it at least long enough to know if it works. But, you know, you really have no idea whether or not it's, it's going to be the right path or the wrong path. It's very, I, I bring up evolution because I feel like it's very evolutionary. You just kind of like chaotically and randomly have to sometimes try some stuff and then just see which one sticks and be like, okay, cool. There's something there. Let's follow this path a little bit more. You know, this one survived, right? For whatever reason. Yeah. And this, the first question leads me on to the second. They are designed that way. But what struck me um, with Creature and World, more than other games I've found recently, is that there's a, there's a scarcity of information. You're, yeah. if, when the game starts, you're just like, um, <laughs> okay, Hello? Is, it, is it running? Oh, yeah. Is this still a, is it loading something? Oh, I don't know, I'll just, I'll just pick up a controller and see what happens. Oh, look, <laughs> he's moving. And it's just from then, from right off the bat, nothing Nothing is explained to the to a reasonable degree. There are some tool types, but it's really sparing. It's like you, know, you just you know yeah. you know how you know how to hold a controller, right? You know that the left stick's used for it. moving, right? You get it. What's the why, why do you have to tell? Why do I have to tell you this stuff? Why do I have to tell you that A is the, this and B? No, I don't. You know what to do. Just you go play games. <laughs> you played games before, haven't you? And this, this is I'm seeing this a lot. Uh, in those last five years or so, people are no longer find an Xbox One controller or whatever controller this alien thing that they don't know how to use. Yeah, um, it's like you know how these are mapped now, right? Yeah, yeah. So what's your problem? Just go play the game. Shoo, shoo, enjoy, explore. I'm not going to tell you how to use a controller, <laughs> um, but I want to ask the question: Really, is that was this always? a philosophy that you adopted throughout the design of Creature in the World, or was it more like an evolutionary realize, oh, this is how it is? I think it's it's, it's both, honestly. So, like, we, we reference Dark Souls a lot just because we're huge Dark Souls fans, and I feel like to try to isolate what we like so much about it or what we referenced in it, in this, is a lot about the, like, discovery and unexpected surprises and honestly the level design like there's something really cool about exploring in dark souls because they hide stuff in areas that you're like this can't be the main path right and they're like yep no it's totally the absolute main path where you get to the next like significant area and if you hadn't searched behind this bookshelf you wouldn't complete the game you know what i mean and there's yeah, kind of i think uh, just to interject on that I've, i just love the fact that in order to get to the next area sometimes especially in bloodborne just, yeah. just jump down on that roof. See that ledge there? Yeah. No, that it's one. Absurd. No, that ledge. That one. And you're like, are you going to guide me like with some no. bright lighting or a white I mean, painted you, edge or something? You, you feel like you're cheating. Like, I can't go there. That's yeah. skipping whole bits of the level. You just go down there. Just, yeah, that's exactly it. So it kind of feels like you're breaking the rules, <laughs> yes. which feels cool as a gamer because you're like, yeah, I'm not confined to the stupid rules of the game anymore. <laughs> can do whatever, you know? But I think, like, I think, you know, we just wanted to take a dose of that. And that inspired, like, one of the first scenes, which was, like, that intro, the desert walk. that I just, like, threw together the intro to the game, which is just supposed to be, you know, it's kind of like this uh, Lost Woods, Breath of the Wild, or whatever Zelda game you pick it, uh, exploration, where you just kind of have to say, okay, I need to figure out how to get through the sandstorm. And we wanted to set up the player to, like, start thinking for themselves, right? To just be like... Yeah, we're not going to show you where to go, but we'll give you some hints. And then we want to engage people to start thinking about, like, all right, I have to explore. I have to, like, think about what I'm supposed to do next and, like, try to, you know, figure it out on my own. The title screen was kind of like a – I always want games to just always have the player controller active. Like, I would, I love games where you're, just, you're always doing the same thing. You're always controlling the character or whatever. Like, you don't have to go between menu jockeying very much. And it's kind of throwback to like Mario Sunshine, where you get to like run around as Mario when you're just selecting your save, you know? Yeah. Like hit I've, the block with your head. I have seen that before, and it's very rare. 
Yeah. So you're walking along and... Um, in hindsight, I think we could have improved it. I feel like, you know, the character could walk in so it draws your attention more or we could, like like you're saying, maybe show some input or stuff. Because I've seen too many people pressing A on the title screen be like, why isn't it starting? <laughs> why isn't it starting? Come on. Oh, okay, I hit start. Oh, no, 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 that's worse. Um, yeah. I, 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 what? Oh, okay, fine, I'll just move. Oh, look, I'm moving. But it just felt exactly. like, for me, the some opening Some of it's scene... intentional. Some of it's accidental, for sure. Yeah, but it's That's this... indie games, I think. Like, yeah, yeah, there it is. Uh, but I think you and can, shows you can, over. You can do that. You can do that. It's fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. we were talking earlier about all games were in the for PCs were just this 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 monolith sort of spreadsheet from hell, and then eventually people say maybe we should start shooting stuff, and then since you know the nineties from that to now, um, the the I mean, you look at anyone's Steam list or whatever um, bloody platform you're using, it's so eclectic. And yeah. it's fantastic for it. Yeah, it's cool. You know, and for me, you know, uh, it's one of the best you know, platforms. Yeah. That you can just, you can jump from weird stuff to weird stuff to weird stuff as yeah. you like. You know, one minute, you know, it's it's great. And it's great. And, I uh, think we made a, a lot of weird decisions along the way and then right. ended up, like, cutting some of them that were just too out there or, like, you know, nonsensical. Like, there were, there were worse instances of something that wasn't explanatory that were like, nah, it's not worth it. Like, why are we reinventing the wheel here? Let's just like do the thing that people know because it's not like contributing as much as we wanted it to or as mm. much as it could. The thing I like or another thing on that same vein that has to do with just like exploration and agency that I really enjoyed was the walk away mechanic on the text bubbles. I was like really adamant about when you engage in a conversation, just being able to like walk away freely. You're not like locked to having completing the dialogue by like tapping through all of the like, you know, lines or whatever and if you do leave they'll be like all right fine see you later yeah and i, I mean I kinda, we, the goal we, is to like make people realize that like if you want to listen to the dialogue like come here and read it but if you don't you know then yep. you're gonna miss it it's fine so it's kind of this like you should pay attention if you want to but whatever it's your choice it's your choice i mean yeah it does not every game has to be final fantasy 4 you know you don't have to sit there jamming away at the, yeah I yeah don't care just give me the bloody shield <laughs> so I'm um, just random thing. I'm not sure if there's a shield. I think there is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, next question then. Yeah. Pinball. Yeah. Yeah. Is built around accuracy and combinations. It is, believe it or not. Totally. Um, and uh, how did this inform the design of Creature in the World? Yeah. So I always feel bad because we're not like super pinball fans and I actually don't know a whole lot about the pinball like ecosystem that apparently was way, way larger than we ever anticipated. We're like, yes. Oh my God, there are like incredibly diehard pinball fans who like are pulling these references and we have no idea what they are. No, you just did it by accident, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Well, um, cause like we started yeah. with like breakout, I guess, and like some other ball bouncing games. And then we're like, how are we going to describe this to people? And so somebody was like, look, the simplest way is just like pinball hack and slash. And we're like, all right, let's do it. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of that. But like halfway through production, we kind of, we identified some of the pinball-y nature. So we actually designed a lot of the objects to look like bumpers or feel that way, just so it was like familiar, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, um, it just, yeah. for me, uh, I'm a big pinball fan. I'm not one of these like slavish little drooling and yeah, kind yeah. of uh, all the references stuff, but I love the interaction with the concept of them. The fact that people think that oh, you just you know ball slam and hope for the best. Well, you know, beginners start doing that, and then they realise that oh no, wait, I've got to aim. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you do. You got to aim. It's surprising. I... Like skill yeah. cap is like much higher than you expect. You're like, yes. oh wow, you could actually. Like kind of get good at this, even yeah. though it feels like it's completely just chaos, you know. Yeah, but it's not. And I just found that with with Creature in the World, it sort of brought back those memories of well, ball juggling. You know, when I first mastered the art of ball juggling, where you just sort of yeah get it, trap the ball in the paddle, and all of a sudden, you, the you are not at the mercy of the ball. It's the other way round. Yeah, the ball is now at your mercy because you've got it. Yeah. <laughs> It can't exactly. go anywhere. You've got it, and you and it will leave the paddle when it's when you're good and ready. Yep. And that's for me one of the fundamentals of pinball. I saw many people listening to this going, "I'm an idiot." Like, no, there's far more to it than that, and they're right. Yeah, there's I'm sure. way more to it. <laughs> um, but once you understand 
the you take control from the ball and you have you are going to your play, yeah you're going to place it on the board not the other way around you're not going to necessarily fight against it and stop it from going down that middle well unless you get a multi ball then they just go crazy yeah uh, which is what you've got here and it's yep. just it just it just struck me as um an ingenious idea that um you know, you have all these paddles bouncing around and there are times when I go into a room like, oh, this is just impossible. I mean, how am I supposed to do that in 0.3 seconds? That's absurd. Oh, wait. Uh-huh. <laughs> because, yep. um, I mean, we'll, I mean my, my next question was going to be about the main protagonist, but you've already spoken about that. So I just want to delve a little bit more. Here's that yeah, word. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. On the, what you, the hints, the subtle hints and how far you went with those hints to to each level to the player because there are some dirty great arrows <laughs> on, and early on I mean less so later on but earlier on like look at this arrow see do you see it maybe maybe if you just hit your charged ball in that direction yep. it'll do what you want it to do <laughs> subtle environment hints yeah how have yeah. you found designing those and do you were you worried that you were insulting the player's intelligence at times Gosh, <laughs> no, I don't think we ever, like, probably naively considered that second part. We were just kind of like, yeah, how can we help people? Because, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, something clicks so that they find a way to accomplish things. I feel like most of the rooms we started to realize could be solved, like, a hundred different ways, you know. We're kind of letting you run around. So there's, like, an infinite combinations of, like, where you could be positioned and where you're aiming and what type of ricochet you're creating or, like, you know, how you're trying to line up a shot. Um, and so when we design the rooms, we're usually thinking of like, yeah, let's, you know, come up with a cool specific motion or action, very much like a trials game, you know, like Celeste or whatever, where you're like, this is the specific thing we're going to ask you to try to do, but then quickly found that there's like other ways to do it, which is kind of the fun part. Right. So we laid in you know, those hints like, yeah, there's an arrow here and sometimes you have to do them, you know, when you have to like a, a row of bubbles, in a specific way. There's not, you know, a lot of options for how you do that. But I have a lot of fun going through and repeat playthroughs in a room I've been in, you know, 50 times and thinking about like, ooh, I bet I could do this like faster or in less hits or, you know, whatever by thinking about this ricochet a little bit differently. And that kind of, that kind of, you know, led to more inspirations that went back into level design about like, yeah, how can we, how can we change stuff? And that was part of the reason too, we kind of felt, okay about reusing rooms you know i feel like there is a there's a a large amount of reuse in the game just because we're a small team and we wanted to make a a larger game than i feel like is expected for like a 12 to 18 month you know production cycle but then once we started playing we're like it's kind of cool to like go back into those breakout or go back into the plinko rooms and like see if you can break them all like faster than you did the last time or like try your hand at something again and again because I feel like there's improvement that you start to see there, and that's kind of like some fun elements of it. So it's very yeah. like very sandboxy, right? It's very much just kind of like go and have fun in this like physicsy sandbox. It's hard not to enjoy just like watching a ball bouncing around and like lighting stuff up. And I feel like that was kind of the core of of where we you know grew the fun. I think the booth at Pax West uh, was self evident that you hit something there because the crowd around it was. Yeah, you know, people are just drawn to it because you walk in and go, "Wait!" It... So I was watching it, going, "Why has he got a spoon? Why is he? Oh, he's got a frying pan! What's what's this?" And yeah. it's just like because there's things you get stuff. Uh-huh. Every yeah. people, we're not going to spoil too much, but it's not. Yeah, you can get stuff. And stuff. Uh, when, I, when, stuff. Yeah, when I yeah when I saw the frying pan, I thought, "Oh, now now I'm invincible." Yep. Yeah, Can't you know get shot why? In the back anymore. Can't get shot in the back anymore. I'm invincible. <laughs> I'm all right. Um, but uh, yeah, I had to get even though it made it was loud. Wow, that thing's loud. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. it's yeah, it's anyway. I mean, whether it was turned a it up to... at the last second, we we're like playing, we we're like about to ship, and I was like, it's just not loud enough. Like <laughs> dialogue says, it's loud. It's got to be louder. It's, it's got to be louder. Yeah. And um, is it a nod to Battlegrounds or is it just? Yeah, pretty much. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. I was playing, I was playing PUBG at the time and other. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You go well. You can't, you know, make it or make any game. But it kind of, not... it kind of was also from the cooking spoon because we're like, yeah, we gotta have like, like Adam loves cooking and just like cooking games in general. Yeah. So we were like, we gotta put something in there. The gumbo spoon is like a reference to Adam making gumbo because he used to do that like all the time when we were in Louisiana. 
Okay, okay. Um, and then we're yeah. like, yeah, we're going to have a, a, a strike tool to go with the cooking spoon charge tool. It's yeah. Definitely a pan. Definitely some PUBG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I just think uh, the, 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 it's a fine, fine balancing act to to inform the player without hitting them over the head with a frying pan. Um, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, you're just like, uh, you might want to, I mean, what you want is this tone. You might want to, you don't have to, don't have to, yeah. but you might want to do yeah. this thing that we're hinting at with this marking on the floor, yeah. which might mean something or nothing at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's that, you know, I think you really, you've done it. You've done a great job because the amount of times I'm wandering, and just like slamming it around a bit. Wait, this, I know there's a sequence here, but the amount of times we've got, oh, wait, look down. Oh, yeah, look. wait, wait. That's what wait. we wanted to encourage people to do, just like stop for a second and think. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like question, question what you know. Yeah. Because I feel like there are a lot of puzzles and boss fights and challenges where like you immediately start to think like this is how, this is how I'm going to do it. And then you try it 10 times and you're like, this is impossible. And yeah. hopefully you start to think like, wait, maybe there's a different strategy to this. Because I do exactly. feel like there's a lot of strategy to explore, you know, yeah. beyond just trying to master the technical execution. Yeah, and you, then you start to realize, oh, wait, I can hold these balls. I can move around a bit yeah, and then launch them. I don't have to, like, randomly jump around and desperately try to bounce around and keep right. the balls moving. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what people were doing. And indeed I did when I first started playing is that, you know, I was watching as well, and it's just like, just randomly smash, because it's great to watch, it's fun, and then you realise that I'm getting nowhere doing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, it's fun if you're five. <laughs> you know, this game has a little bit more subtlety than that, but, um, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's a, really, it's, a, it's an absolute triumph. Uh, Thank you so much. And uh, I'm happy I discovered it. Uh, I say me personally discovered it, but I'm happy I found it. That's yeah. better way to describe it. And uh, it's it was a wonderful surprise because most games there aren't out for another year. And one of the things I love to say to developers, I don't, I have to ask them because we get guests like you on the show to uh, chat about the game after it's finished because, as you can tell, it's a it's a post mortem show for want of a better phrase. Yeah, it's a thing that gives you a chance to look back on what you've made. Yeah. Uh, but when I was told, oh yeah, it's coming out next Friday, what? <laughs> and apparently a lot of the, the, the booth people the people manning the booth were excited to tell people that yeah it's out in a couple of days yeah you know, it's and, very exciting uh, to do that yeah even whereas... like we announced the game for the very first time at GDC this year um, yeah. and that was like really exciting for us to be like yeah it's out this summer yeah because normally yeah you just have to wait a long time for things a long time and sometimes <laughs> it never arrives you know it's very sad yeah. when you see that you yeah. play a game and didn't i play that thing? yeah it just this never really oh i like that you know yeah. it's just whereas to have you to stand up and say but it's it, it was great so it's and that's why i sort of um uh, chased it's tough to do that it's tough not to noodle a project or to like continue to massage it because you know it could be better like i feel like everything could always be improved in some subtle way but I don't know. We come from this kind of commercial mentality where we're just like, yeah, we we have short deadlines. We want to like, you know, create a product, ship it, and keep on going. Move to the next thing, make something cool. You know, just keep it iterating. All, it all depends on the game, and sometimes what you described works. Yeah, uh, but sometimes it really doesn't. Uh, but it all depends on what you're trying to create. Definitely. So I think one size fits all is a folly, as you know, as someone who's worked in the industry for long enough. You, you see a lot of talks in GDC saying, this is how you do the thing. like <laughs> The magic uh, solution. The magic bullet solution. That, that this is how you manage a team of, of, you know, you have five projects on a go at the same time. It would be great. They're like, this is the worst, worst talk I've ever been to. <laughs> and then a year later, like, what happened to that guy? Well, <laughs> he kind of had a yeah. It was a you big know, surprise. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't, have, didn't work out. Didn't work out for him. Um, but you know, it just and that you're right. It, it's but to have a healthy work ethic and respect when you say you put a milestone down and you don't do it to use it as a whip against you, you put it there because it's well thought out. And that Gantt chart, even though you and I know those things don't have much logic to them, they don't. They don't. Uh-huh. Um, they're the best tool we have available. They're not. They're not. Um, we go, okay, well, we think we can do that by that time. 
yeah. you try to stick to it. And if you don't, if you find it drifting, you before it drifts, before it moves, you actually rein everyone and go, okay, why is this drifting? Why is yep. this going? Yeah. Are we are we are we adding features that we shouldn't? You know that kind of thing. It's yeah. just just constant a, and continuous in continuous monitoring because the program's useless. Or sorry, schedule is useless. Uh, without um, if if you don't monitor it, then what yeah. point did you did you make yeah. it for? Um, and that works, like I said, but not for everything. Definitely. Um, and there are other games out there. I've had guests on before that the nature of the games, you know, I've described them to you. You go, yeah, that won't work. That that wouldn't work. Absolutely. The nature, the nature of the game does not lend itself to milestoning at all. You know, it doesn't work that way. So, but yeah, fascinating stuff. It's but so tricky. You just kind of gotta like take everything at you know in strides as it comes. Yeah. You you create the thing and you it's go, okay. kind of like textbook agile development, right? Where you just kind of like, all right, be on your toes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, Creature in the World by Flat School Studio is out now on Windows PC. That's for certain, and Xbox One. That's all yep. right, isn't it? Yep. Uh, and Switch. Uh, and Switch. That's my next question. So, they're they're the platforms it's on. Is that right? Definitely. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. We're on oh, Steam, yeah. and we're on the PC for Games Pass. You can, yeah. get on, you can get it on Games Pass for Xbox and PC. So if you have it, there's no reason not to download it. My, that, that, that's how I got my copy. Nice. I, have, I have Ultimate because I have an Xbox One and a PC, and it's really cost-effective. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got Sea of Thieves on both machines. Yeah, they've got a sweet <laughs> setup right now. It's pretty it's, good. It's just great. If you have a gaming PC, which I do, and, and an Xbox One, yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> if you haven't done this, it's just... You know, it's incredibly liberating. Incredibly liberating. Yeah, it's so cool. uh, I can't can't understate it. So, um, but it's been fantastic. Yes, fantastic this is a lot of fun. Um, really, Thanks so much really, for having me. No, it's been a pleasure and an honour. And uh, you're more than welcome to come back and chat about whatever future endeavour you've got cooking and uh, over there at uh, Flight School Studio. I don't, yeah. don't cause, but uh, we do have return guests. We've been going for quite some time, and. Uh, and of course, you'll have to skip the first few questions because we've already done nice. that. <laughs> what if we don't and I just make up totally new answers? Yes, you could. You could do that. Round. Yeah, second round. But didn't you say, no, no, I, this, I did a completely different thing. Yes, I didn't go to university at all. It was didn't all a lie. Or it was, was all it? a lie. Yes, I was actually working for an accountant for 17 years. Uh-huh. Totally, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds um, fun. So that does sound fun, doesn't it? We have had a guest who did reveal that to us, but then he made a game and be, it's like burst free. It's like that scene from, you know, uh, Monty Python: The Meaning of Life, where they're sort of yes. flying off, and it was yeah. very much like that. But anyway, thank you very much, Bowden. Thank you. Uh, it's been it's been fun, and uh, yeah, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you.